following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on everything you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals to help you save during our spring Black Friday sale, like Bonnie Vegetable and Herb Plants, four for $10. And for a clean-looking landscape, pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch for just $10. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417, not valid on Alaska or Hawaii. Bonnie offer valid on 19-ounce pots. See store for details, U.S. only. Around that time, actually, the, the avian flu broke out. So all of a sudden, egg goes from being like $3 a pound to like $20 a pound. So I remember, gosh, I remember calling like our, our suppliers and saying, like, I'm, like what are we going to do? And they said, well, for the companies we work with that uh, use eggs, you know, you just got to close shop. At this time, we find out we're getting into Target nationwide. And I'm like, we're not going to close up shop. Like, are you kidding me? Welcome to the Forbes Under 30 Podcast. I'm Steve Goldblum, your host. On this show, we speak with young entrepreneurs and innovators. To my favorite topic, blueberry, apple, banana, banana chocolate chip, banana, apple, blueberry, chocolate tip. We're, we're, we're talking about pancakes today over Skype with Lizzie Ackerman. She's the CMO and co-founder of Birch Benders, a company that has created a line of just add water pancake and waffle mixes with clean ingredients. These are clean pancakes, healthy pancakes. Uh, Lizzie, it's great to have you here. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Let's start with the beginning. Where did the name come from? Birch bending. Um, we wanted to create a brand that could go beyond pancakes, so we didn't want to call ourselves like Pancakes X. Um, mm-hmm. And birch bending—it's this like classic American tradition. If you climb a birch tree, uh, they're really supple and they'll bend you back down to the ground, kind of like the weight of a fish on a fishing pole. Uh, Matt and I, my husband and co-founder, are both from like the New England area, where it's full of birches, um, and we just kind of liked the feeling of it. It's something wholesome and outdoorsy and kind of makes you think of happier, simple time, simpler times, just like pancakes are sort of this wholesome American tradition. So is birch bending. Um, it's also a poem by Robert Frost. Uh, he has a poem called Birches where he says one could do worse than be a swinger of birches. And we, we just like that. How does the poem relate to your brand? Well, it's, it's really, it speaks to just a really natural, like wholesome, fun activity. And we, we think pancakes are pretty much the most like wholesome American tradition you can think of. And we're also a very natural brand. Let me ask you, where are you right now? You said there might be snow where you are. It's October. Yeah. So I'm just curious. Yeah. I'm in Colorado. Um, yeah. We started our company in Boulder, Colorado. Okay. Um, and yeah, it starts snowing pretty early here, so pancakes uh, you're right are one of the most wholesome american brands uh, also one of the most unhealthy american brands so at what point what what, what was yeah. the s- switching moment for you where you realized you wanted to reconcile these two things yeah because we grew up eating pancakes but you're right most pancakes are super unhealthy and we wanted to change that and completely reimagine what pancakes can be because if because it can be healthy and ours are actually like our number one pancake mix is paleo. Um, it, it's actually the number one natural pancake mix in the U.S. now, and it's the healthiest thing ever. It's um, sugar-free, dairy-free, grain-free, gluten-free. Um, just basically we use cassava, almonds, coconut. Um, we sweeten it with eggs and sweeten it with monk fruit so you don't get that um, that spike in your blood sugar, and it's a guilt-free pancake. So uh, we wanted to take the idea of pancakes and flip it on its head and really – 
work on making pancakes, on creating pancakes that could be healthy, that you don't feel bad about eating. So we have high protein varieties. We've got mm. paleo varieties. We also have like gluten full varieties that are just like a little less sugar than your normal pancake. But um, all of our pancakes are really like the idea is it needs to be delicious, but it should be cleaned up. No junky ingredients and um, just delicious, wholesome yumminess. Well, talk about, I mean, making pancakes from scratch is an interesting experience because you really do see how much sugar is, is poured into this thing, like yeah. lava. Yeah. So how do you, you know, maintain the fluffy and the flavor, but uh, how do you clean it up? A lot of trial and error, a lot of work. Um, baking... You know, people say cooking is an art and baking is a science, and there really is something to it. I mean, it's, it's, we've spent, we've done just hundreds of versions of every recipe. It takes forever to get it right. Um, I, I've actually have a science background. I was like this close to going to med school um, before I decided to do pancakes, pancakes full time, yeah. um, which was like, an interesting move after like graduating from Yale, like mom and dad, I'm going to do pancakes. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your science background from Yale and, and yet yeah. you switch into <laughs> flapjacks and how was that met? My parents are awesome. They're both writers. So they were like, okay, we believe in you. And they're actually really cool about it. But, um, I took my science background and I really use that a lot in, um, in developing our recipes with Matt because, right. uh, one of the first, one of the first sort of breakthroughs, like ideas that we had was like, okay, we can come up with like the best pancake recipe easy, I guess. But what is, what if we do double blind taste tests on like every ingredient? So flour, for instance, if you, the, the protein content of the flour you use is greatly going to affect the rise and the taste and the texture of the pancake. So we tried like over 30 organic flours with different protein contents and start and try them double blind. So we would make them in a kitchen, like the same recipe, but a different flour each time. And we, when we were tasting it, we wouldn't know which flour we'd use so that we could really find the best wheat flour for pancakes, which is not what you'd think it would be. Um, and then we, we started doing that recipe, that like process for every ingredient. So chocolate chips, like we are going to try every variety of chocolate chip, double blind, to find the very best chocolate chip for pancakes. And we do that with every ingredient. So if you're making pancakes from scratch, you know, you're going to grab whatever flowers in your pantry and maybe whatever sugar, you're not going to do double blind taste tests on every variety. So our pancakes really do taste better than from scratch because we're the crazy people that did do that and spent way like forever just trying to find the best ingredients, not just the best recipes. And did it start as, as like a nights and weekends type of, of, of hobby before you <laughs> realized like this, yeah. has, this thing has legs? Yeah. It was. Uh, Matt was working in a restaurant. Um, yeah, we were pretty. What was he doing in the restaurant? Matt's your husband. He was, a, he was a, a back waiter. He also went to Yale with me, and he was like, "Mom, Dad, I guess I'm going to be a back waiter." I'm going to be a back. Wa- what, wait, what is a back waiter? It's like not even the front waiter. It's the waiter who's. It's the You're person like who's like prepping? taking your stuff away. Oh, a bus like, boy. I was a bus boy. Kind of, okay. Yeah. Like, I, but kind of see, like if I knew to, that I could call it a back waiter, that sounds much better <laughs> than bus boy. I would have been calling myself that for years. <laughs> so he was yeah. cleaning the tables. This is amazing. I think you need to both be in the the Yale newsletter if you're already not. We finally actually after like forever trying to get in, we just got into the Yale magazine. So Amazing. Just- At what point did you team up and say like, listen, first of all, were you married when you came up with this idea? Were you getting married? Where, where was the relationship we, at? We were dating. Um, you were and dating. I had, I had one class less left to take um, before 
like taking my MCATs, which was organic chemistry. Oh, so I figured Matt had decided to move to Boulder to figure out what he wanted to do in life and ski a lot. We're both big skiers. Okay. Um, and I kind of followed him in Boulder and decided, hey, I'll take my last class with organic chemistry in Boulder, right. ski a lot, he'll study for the way, MCATs. He'll ski. You'll, yeah. yeah, and then we'll figure out what we want to do. Now it's making sense. Do. Yeah, and we um, so we he was making recipes in the mornings, like because he would be waiting at night. So it was like either morning or late at night. It was a really strange time in life. How um, old were you at this point in your life? Twenty three. Okay. Twenty three. Yeah. yeah. Or right, twenty two. Twenty three. Got it. Yeah. Um, but we we started the recipes. We'd work on them and tinker with them, and they started getting really good. Okay. And it, it was just it was really fun, and I I don't know. I think when. To be an entrepreneur, you have to be a little bit crazy, in my opinion. Um, That's I just true. Had this weird feeling about it. I felt like this. There's something to this. Like there was no when we started, there really was no other healthy just said water pancake mix because all the convenient just said water mixes, like Aunt Jemima's, are full of junk. Yeah. And then all the healthy ones, like say Bob's Red Mill, you have to add an egg and milk. So we mm. felt like we had this niche, and um, and so we started. Yeah, we just kind of started pouring ourselves into it and. Um, for some reason, I never doubted that it would all work out. I don't know why. Like I look back at it and it's like, <laughs> like is that know, the crazy can... part of you? You think yeah, where you say you have I to be a little so. outrageous? You have to believe in it so much. I mean, I think about, um, so my mentor, um, this, one of my mentors is, um, Justin Gold who started like Justin's nut butters and the peanut butters and oh, okay. he had a pretty similar, um, experience too. He's like making nut butters in his kitchen and then selling them at the farmer's market. And he just, I don't know. He had a he had a belief. He believed it would work right. out, like, and it and it totally did. <laughs> they they recently sold for a lot. Um, so it's I don't know. Sometimes you just have to go with your gut. And we'll be right back after this quick break. The Forbes Under Thirty podcast is brought to you by LifeLock. Equifax recently announced a breach of 143 million identities, and you need to take steps to get protection. Be among the millions who trust their identity theft protection to LifeLock. Go to LifeLock.com. Use promo code Forbes for 10% off. Well, let's talk a little more about the relationship. I mean, how does that go down? I mean, whose role, who plays what role? How do you balance each other out? How do you kind of separate the pancake business from the relationship and make sure it's all healthy, that it's both healthy. <laughs> um, we, when we were starting out um, and we really like started out, it was just like me and Matt in an attic um, in Boulder. Um, Matt decided to learn to code and I decided I learned graphic design so we could make our first packages. And then we both worked on recipe development. Right. And then I, I kind of did sales and he did like finance and sales and marketing. And that's still sort of, um, where we, um, on our day to day, I'm doing more of the marketing, um, and he's doing more of the finance, but there's, okay. there's definitely a lot of overlap with, with sales because we, we, yeah, when we started, we would, um, we demo, we got into whole foods locally and we just demo twice a day, every day. So we're both kind of there hustling and selling the product. So there's, we definitely overlap there, but, um, but yeah, on a day to day, I'm doing more marketing. Okay. He's doing more finance, and that um, balances itself nicely. Lizzie, do you find that the people you're selling to, like when you go to Whole Foods and try to get in there and beta stuff, and do you do they like you? Do they like the two of you, or do they like the product, or is it a bit of both? Um, you know, it's a bit of both. It's different in natural versus um, main, uh, like mainstream, more conventional grocery. And natural, you can kind of sell. 
your you style. Can, like a story and your you, like you as people in conventional grocery, you, you better have some data to support. <laughs> they don't. They don't really it, care so. about the feng shui and the conventional. Yeah, grocery, yeah. I mean, they they they'll love you know. They'll be like, oh, this is a cute couple, but that's not going to get you on the shelf. You have to have yeah. um, data. So when we started out, we were not, we didn't have data then, and we didn't, we we were able to sell a story. And even though we didn't have good packaging in the beginning, they gave us a shot. Right. And then later, we, you know, you raise money and you get really good packaging, and then you start getting numbers and data, and you can sell that. But in the beginning, um, in natural grocers, like natural grocery stores are more willing to work with the small brands and give right. you a tr- um, give you the entrepreneurs a shot to, to make it. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a very small team that you have, right? Yeah. Um, it's still only, it's an outsource model. So there's six of us full time, but we outsource a 50 person sales team. We outsource PR, we outsource finance, we outsource manufacturing. So we're able to keep it really lean, but still sell, um, to still have like a, a pretty rapidly growing business. Um, Where do you outsource all these things to? Uh, t- different com- different companies. Um, we've got uh, three different um, co-manufacturers. We've um, we've got an amazing PR team. We've got yeah our sales management um, company that uh, they work with about probably like fifteen other brands, and we're one of them. But we're one of their fastest growing, so they they spend a lot of time on us. Right. It's yeah. It's, and and you know, is it manuf- everything manufactured here? Yeah, in the U.S., yeah, but in different locations, yeah. And what do you have to do to meet the demand? I mean, how did you scale the business when you started getting into some of those bigger stores? I think that, you know, you have to have good relationships with the, all the companies you work with. Like one of our manufacturers, they, they started with us when we were just doing a couple thousand units, and now we're doing mil- – now we're in almost all the Costco's in the U.S., and we're doing millions of units, you know? And they were able to um, – we were very clear from the beginning that we were going to grow this company and scale it dramatically, and will you be able to work with us? And they – they were, um, and they still do. So um, we were very clear about it, our objectives, and they were able to grow with us. Um, but in in the beginning, they really they they took us a chance on us because they believed in the product, even though we didn't have the numbers at first. Um, so it's really been amazing. <laughs> yeah, like we started with just doing so little, and yeah, now Costco. Costco. Yeah. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to, yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell my mother she's going to be there next week, and I'm actually yeah. thinking of getting a Costco membership. So, you know, there you go. We're, we're really great. Where, yeah. where, um, where else can people find you? What yes. stores? And, uh, and, and has consumer behavior changed? Have you noticed that? Are people ordering more pancake online? Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Online is definitely a, a huge part of the equation now with that, with, um, Amazon buying whole foods, but, um, yeah, yeah there's definitely e-commerce is huge. We hired a, an e-commerce consultant because we see that as such an important thing that we'd like, it's a, like a full-time job. Um, I think that people are just, uh, we've noticed that our health, like our more functional flavors, like our, the paleo and protein lines that we have really have just resonated more and more with consumers. And um, with paleo, which is the flavor that we sell to Costco, we thought, we didn't know when we launched that flavor, we never would have thought that would be the number one, not just our number one flavor, but that's the number one flavor in pancakes in the U.S., like is our paleo. Um, really? Never would have thought that, um, and I we thought maybe uh, this would be a trend and it would die down. It has not slowed, so that's been surprising. And also, 
it's been lovely for us, but yeah, you know, you don't, some of these things you can't predict. What are some of the other popular flavors? What is your favorite? Um, I, I really do love our paleo. Okay. It's, it's delicious. Um, our protein is, is the number two. Um, we sell a ton of that. Um, and our classic pancakes are really, really mm-hmm. tasty. Like they're just delicious and you just add water. You can't really screw it up. Right. If you add too much water, you just put in more mix. And the banana stuff, is that kind of on me? I have to provide that or is that something you have? We may or may not be working on a banana flavor oh coming out God. soon. It feels like the obvious next step is uh, a healthy syrup. Yeah, um, we've definitely been looking into that. We, we've got, um, we're launching now, and I can't say yet, um, but we're launching in two new categories. You can say. Outside of pancakes, I can't. You can, it's just us. <laughs> My board would kill me. You'll, right. see, you'll see very soon. Um, things outside of pancakes that um, we're really excited about, which is, again, why we don't like want to, we never wanted to pigeon. We love pancakes. Right. We want to keep growing that, but we never wanted to just be pancakes we want to be really a brand that makes all the foods that you love healthier tastier and better what kind of feedback were you getting earlier was there anything any kind of hurdles that you had to clear uh in the beginning where it looked like this wasn't going to happen because so far it's a pretty you know sweet story um yeah there were a trillion hurdles in the beginning everyone thought we were completely crazy um and we used to you know we started some people start like companies after years of experience in the industry. We were just fresh out of college. Yeah. So the best, the smartest thing that we did early on was realize that we knew nothing and we had to start from the ground zero. Like who cares if you went to Yale food and the food industry is a whole other yeah, that's right. thing. So we knew that we knew nothing and that we had a lot to learn. So we did, yeah, as I mentioned, we did demos like every day, twice a day. We did that for about a year and we'd ask people like, what do you like? What don't you like? And, at the time, we thought like that we were demoing to show sales, but really it was more, in retrospect, it was more of a marketing experiment. We learned so much about what was working and what we needed to fix. Um, so in the beginning, we actually, we sold our pancakes in jars and there was a fill line. And the idea is like add water to the fill line, shake and pour. Right. And people just didn't get it. And it was also, it, it was too confusing. And then... Um, it was too expensive because you've got a jar and a lid and a, a label. It adds up. So uh, people loved the recipes. They hated the jars and they mm-hmm. didn't like the price. And we took that all into every iteration of packaging. We, we did like listen to what people said and we'd try to improve that. Um, and it, it was really hard in the beginning because if we weren't at the store, it wouldn't really sell because it was too expensive. Uh, but then we had this meeting. So then, so eventually we switched to pouches and we, um, this is after a few years of being in jars, like mediocre sales at best. And we'll be right back after this quick message. The Equifax breach that impacted roughly 143 million consumers just got bigger. They've now added 2.5 million people to that list. If that's not bad enough, Yahoo announced that their 2013 breach impacted all 3 billion user accounts triple the original estimate. You should know once your personal information has been exposed, it doesn't just go away. Identity thieves can buy your info on the dark web for months, even years after a breach. They can use it to commit crimes in your name, even steal from your 401k. Now is the time to get protection. Sign up for LifeLock today. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses 
But LifeLock can help you see more than if you're just monitoring your credit. Go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use promo code FORBES. That's FORBES for 10% off your LifeLock membership. Visit LifeLock.com and save 10% right now. Now playing on Target USA. The National Security Podcast. The most pressing national security concern is international terrorism on our soil. An exclusive interview with Rod Rosenstein, Deputy Attorney General at the U.S. Justice Department. We have 115,000 employees and tens of thousands of contractors. A key topic? The investigation into Russian meddling in the 2016 election. If anybody interferes with our elections, no matter who it may be, I think it's appropriate for us to take action. And elections are just the beginning. Cyber threats aren't just about elections. Cyber threats are about commercial activities, electric grids, and computer networks. He digs into the opioid epidemic. Fentanyl is responsible for a surge in drug overdose deaths in the United States. The full interview, available right now on Target USA. The National Security Podcast. You can find us exclusively at podcastone.com or on the new Podcast One app. And don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our spring Black Friday sale, like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details, U.S. only. How many ounces oh. in the, for the pouch? The pouches, we started with 24 ounces. And um, we quickly learned that was too much because the price was too high. Again, we had this price problem. What was the price uh, back then? What did you start it with? It was six, eight, $6.99 and $8.99. It's too much. Um, but we had this meeting with uh, Kroger, I remember, in 2014. Yeah. And they, they were like, man, you know, you've got great pasting pancakes and you've got really great packaging but you're if you could get it under the five dollar barrier well maybe then you'd be onto something and we were like oh so we around that time actually the the avian flu broke out and all of the egg supply we we had been using eggs now we don't use much egg yeah. in, except for paleo so all of a sudden egg goes from being like three dollars a pound to like twenty dollars a pound so we're like like we couldn't buy eggs anymore. Right. So I remember, gosh, I remember calling like our, our suppliers and saying, like, I'm like, what are we going to do? And they said, well, for our supply, for the companies we work with that uh, use eggs, you know, you just got to close shop at this time. We find out we're getting into target nationwide. And I'm like, we're not going to close up shop. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> so we had to reformulate every recipe um, and remove the eggs. And then we uh, took that opportunity to also go to a smaller pouch size so we could be four ninety nine. And when we did that, literally our sales just took off. It was all about getting that right price pack architecture. It, it was crazy. That's interesting. So it was about getting that, that price point right, but you didn't, ta- you didn't um, cheapen the quality at all by taking out some of the eggs? Yeah, the goal was to make it so that nobody would notice. No one, literally, nobody noticed that we removed the eggs. It was, um, it was like some of the most intense, stressful months of my right. life. But it, it all worked out. So it was a that bird flu is a blessing in disguise for us because I'm not sure how we would have been able to hit the price points right. we do. Well, can you tell me a little more? Like, how profitable is the company right now? It's profitable, um, which is crazy because we're. 
developing so much, we're putting so much money into R&D. Um, so I, I, I've been really, it's, it, it's really great because it, we're able to grow this quickly, but still, yeah, we're, we're still profitable. And we've, um, every year, I mean, it's, it's the past few months, particularly with getting all these items into Costco have been insane, but um, we've got a pretty nice supply chain. It's nice not being in like, perishables you know pancakes are kind of bomb shelter right. food so you can um that makes things easier um and we've got a really great ops guy i mean everyone on our team we're a small team but that that means that everyone needs to be just best in class so right um i think we make that work by hiring people that are just truly amazing and willing and able to go beyond the scope of duties and really like um just put everything into it so where do you want the company to go from here? Like, do you have a a goal set in mind? Oh, yeah. I mean, we definitely have a few goals. But um, I, I want to make sure right now my uh, so much of our energies are focused on making sure these new product launches are as successful as they can be. Um, one of my favorite, personally, one of my favorite parts of the process is not just creating the recipes, but then um, – the packaging, the whole process of developing the right. branding is so fun. So um, just making sure that the package just like really pops on the shelf and looks beautiful. And our packaging is pretty, um, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's pretty like. Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's really like. We it said pops. A lot of, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, not exactly. Um, we can't just like launch a new flavor just like that. Every flavor has its own like world and right. its own characters and it's all hand drawn, but that's how I like it. I think it's more fun that way. Are you trying to attract the parent? Are you trying to attract the family? Like, is there a target in mind? We have a marketing? pretty broad audience. Families definitely like it because it's convenient. It's healthy, but I mean, our paleo mix, like millennials, just people who are like, who live alone or like, College kids, that one appeals to everybody, right. I mean, or a lot of CrossFitters too. I mean, that yeah. definitely it speaks to that crowd. So we're trying to attract a, a broad spectrum. I mean, anybody, like we're just trying to offer more delicious and better products for anyone and everyone. So it's not just families. I mean, yeah. And do you and Matt own a hundred percent of the company? No, but we do own over fifty, which is pretty good okay. for. And so did, We've done was, a Series A and B. So the partners. So how did that work? You raised money and and offered a percentage of the company. Yep. So we um we did venture funding and um, yeah. We I mean you got to get money to make money. So uh, but we've raised as leanly. We've grown it as leanly as possible. So we still own quite a bit. And what kind of participation do partners like that have in? The decisions that you make and, you know, it's obviously a little different from when you start and it's just the two of you and, yeah. uh, and you know, you're up at night and he's back waiting and then now you have other people at the table. Did it change at all? Um, a little, but really our partners are, um, are people who were entrepreneurs themselves and have been in this position. So they're just trying to give us, um, to help us succeed. They haven't been, they've never like, They've supported all our decisions and just offered a lot of guidance and wisdom. They've been great. Um, so we're lucky to have people like that. They're not um, trying to like rein us in in any way. They're just trying to help us grow. And when you – I mean for the people out there listening to this, we have a lot of entrepreneurs. 
any advice for them, um, you know, that when they have an idea like you have an idea and they, and they want to have the kind of success that you've had and they want to be a household name. Sure, yeah. Um, what advice do you have for the people who are just getting out of college and, and have this idea and have this vision, but uh, it can be pretty lonely? Yeah, it can be. Um, take your time to make sure, first of all, in the beginning, everyone is going to question you and try to offer their insights. And just, you have to take your time to get to build your product slowly and make sure that you've got the right product market fit before you try to get it everywhere. Um, had we tried to get our jars into like Kroger or into distribution early on, they would have failed and that would have been bad, but we didn't. We stayed really small. And then when, when we, we knew that we had that traction, then it's like, all right, full speed ahead, right. let's do this. You'll know when you have the traction. I mean, it, it's, it's pretty obvious. But until that happens, even though as an entrepreneur, it's very tempting to try to get your stuff everywhere, that's not necessarily a good thing. You want to make sure the product is or the idea or the business is where it needs to be before you start blowing it up. So staying focused is it's just really important. And um, another thing is it's not worth – you don't want to try to run things as leanly as possible until you really need the money. We didn't go out and try to get funding immediately because we wouldn't have used it in the right ways and we had a lot to learn. So, um, yeah, trying to, to run a really lean business um, so that you can also keep your equity, um, I, I think, is a really important thing. And just, yeah, again, f- staying focused, not trying to do it. You can't do it all. Um so just, you know, we've focused until now, we've stayed laser focused on being the best in pancakes. And now we're, you know, the number one natural brand in pancakes. But if we, we could have, we, we have a million other ideas that it's always tempting to try to get into, but our board has been really helpful in saying, focus, focus, on the pancakes. focus, focus, do well in this, win in this. And now that, you know, we're winning in pancakes, okay, now we can launch into other stuff, but is the fear that you don't yeah. want to put all your eggs in one basket or, you know, pardon the expression, but you kind of want to use this to piggyback onto something else or leverage this at the right moment? Well, it's just, I guess it's, um, well, it's, it's, we've, now that we're able to, now that we've hit the number one in, in the natural channel, um, yeah, why not leverage the success and build the brand into other categories, which is what we wanted to do in the beginning. So the timing feels right now that we've, um, been able to get a lot of traction in the stores we're in. And how difficult was it for you to get that money in the beginning to raise the funding? Uh, the funding is not necessarily um, the hardest part. There are a lot right now. I mean, there are a lot of companies that are um, there's like a lot of VCs and angel investors who are willing to get money. So money is, I'd say money. I don't want to say it's the easy part, um, but people are always there are people willing to get money. Um, it's just more, I think it's the harder part is making sure that you're raising at a reasonable valuation and that you're not raising too much and that you're being responsible about it. And can you give us a sense of how, of, of what the company's valued at right now? A couple years ago, we were valued, um, in the very high teens and our, our sales have tripled since then. So you can do the math. Okay. All right. Well, listen, we, um, We're excited to try the banana pancakes, which we trust you that you're going to be sending them our way (laughs) and we'll be sending you our information. Can you just tell me, were there any, uh, you know, kitchen confidential disasters that that we should know about? 
Oh my gosh. I mean, most, many recipes start as absolute disasters. So our paleo was the hardest recipe we've ever made. I mean, because it's basically got none of the things that a pancake normally has. Um, and, and Whole Foods actually asked us to make that flavor. This is around the time of our wedding. And we're like, okay, yeah, sure. And then we got back from the like wedding and we started cooking and it, it was not working. Like it was, our recipes were disgusting. I mean, there was a time when we were, I was like, Matt, I don't, I don't know if we can do this. Like we might have to just throw in the towel. It took us over 99 recipe attempts to get it right. Um, we had a lot of trouble figuring out the sweetener to use. It had to be, we couldn't have sugar, but we couldn't find anything. I didn't like stevia. Um, and so we started doing a bunch of research and we found monk fruit or lohan go, um, which is this like little melon like fruit from like, in, that is found in this, um, I forget this strange part of China. And it's, it's a totally natural thing that's just naturally sweet without an aftertaste. And that really, we definitely turned a corner when we found monk fruit. But many of our recipes have turned out, like started out terribly and then they end up in the right place. But there's a lot of frustration and trial and error. It's tricky. I mean, it's it takes a while. Um, our protein also, that one was tough because a lot of whey proteins taste right. awful, like terrible. So... We, I, can't, I mean, I, I was feeling so defeated when you were developing that one because we couldn't seem to find a whey protein without a gross aftertaste. And we just had to call pretty much every whey protein company in the U.S. and try all the samples and finally found a good one. But, um, yeah, it, it, many recipes have started out, like, inedible. Like, I, like you, you want to spit it out, and then you end up eventually, after a lot of patience and effort, right. something that tastes good. I thank you, Lizzie, and and just so you know, this this is all giving me um, a flashback to uh, an early childhood memory I had, where I I tried to make pancakes from scratch for my father before he went to work, and I, the look that he gave was of such you know it was, it was violent disgust because I had it was just oversalted, and yeah. uh, you know I didn't really want to bring that up, but. Uh, Anyways, thanks. Yeah. Oh, no, thank you. This is so fun. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> I'm glad that, yeah, you'll have to try our thing. I'm working through salty. that. So the, the disruption of pancakes uh, is fascinating. <laughs> and, and thank you so much. Thank you so much. Good luck with everything. We'll look forward to the bananas and, uh, and to hear about your next project. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. And have a wonderful day. Thanks. This is really fun. See you, Lizzie. That's it for this episode of Forbes Under 30. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to reach out to us with a comment or question, please do so at under30, that's the number 30, at podcastone.com. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. That's right. The Lady Ang Podcast is turning 100. We have laughed, cried, giggled, unfiltered through 100 episodes, and we want you to join us for our 100th birthday extravaganza. We're looking back at all the best moments, the funniest moments, the best advice we got from our 100 guests, and we want you to join us. So come find us on Tuesday, and you can find us exclusively at podcastone.com or the new Podcast One app. And don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so we can feel famous. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right too with incredible deals during our spring Black Friday sale, like 19 ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. 
And pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our Spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details, U.S. only. At the border, I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying, and the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is tremendous. This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. We have the photographs. Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue.